0: Hello, Mrs. Jones.
1: Hello, Monsieur Jones.
0: You look like you've just come fresh from Zumba. Uh,
1: why, thank you. <laughs> you mean sweaty and sort of disheveled. Yes, <laughs> I yes, meant, I have. I meant
0: glowing because of your <laughs> diligence and the air of exercise.
1: I'm glowing something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was Zumba?
1: It was good. I still feel like I'm the only person in the class who has no idea what's going on. So I look like a cricket on crack in the back trying to figure out... Anyway, I didn't, like, trip myself or anything, so that's nice. No, I
0: am so proud of you you didn't trip yourself.
1: Thank you. Thank you. I keep looking up, and my and my cousin Holly is looking at me saying, Smile, you're having fun. And I'm like, no, I'm not having fun. You're having fun. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Talk to me about this week. Favorite thing from this week. Don't think it. Tell me.
1: Favorite thing from this week. Aeoli. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> 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 I, I wish Aoli was a fancy new restaurant, but it literally is Aoli. Talk to me about your aioli, which, for the record, was absolutely delicious.
1: Well, I got a recipe for making your own mayonnaise that is Whole30 compliant from Shannon. And so I made that, and then we were making sweet potato fries. Mm-hmm. Um, a moment of silence for the sweet <laughs> potato fries. And um, they are truly gone now.
0: It's amazing how a baked root vegetable is appealing when you're on
1: Whole30. I think I would like that no matter what, actually. They're really good.
0: Yeah, they were delicious.
1: really good. So I put all the mayonnaise in a jar and had some left over, and I thought, oh, I'll make aioli. I have no idea how to do this, but I'll just holy spirit it. So I just put in some things as they came to my mind, and it turned out
0: great. It was absolutely delicious.
1: I'd bathe in it. I mean, it wouldn't be a productive bathing, of course, because I'd then have to shower afterwards, but it would taste good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear, I don't even know where to go. Um, Heidi Baker was at our church on Sunday. She was. Things are always quiet when Heidi comes. Nothing seems to happen. Just yeah. a mundane, normal service when <laughs> Heidi's in town. For those of you who maybe listen to the podcast and for some reason don't know who Heidi and her husband Roland are, is there, missionaries out in Mozambique have been for, how many years did they say they were celebrating?
1: Oh, okay. I can't, it's been know. like 20 or something.
0: Lots of years there, and uh gosh, if you ever want some stories to make sure, to make you question whether you're actually saved, then you want to listen to Heidi and Roland. They're just incredible people who love Jesus, love the lost, and love the poor, and have given their lives a wholeheartedly for the kingdom. And so... She's so generous and gracious. She was in town for the Go conference. Um, the Nashville Iris did a phenomenal job of. We should mm-hmm. talk about that. They did an amazing job. And Lyle Nelson, and so proud of you guys, are amazing. But Roland and Heidi were in for the conference, and Heidi came over and spoke Sunday morning. She's just amazing. Teaching she got intimacy and we love our pieces, but yeah. our technology all fell down at church, so that was never fun.
1: No, but it, I mean, it turned out fine. Ah, turned out brilliant.
0: What are you going to do? What you um, gonna do? And then we kicked off the School of Supernatural Life. We did. First week of teaching, back in the swing of things.
1: Yep. Students are all like super excited Mm -hmm. and, you know, they were all early, weren't they? Yeah, that was
0: funny. (laughs) We turn up and they're all super early. I'm like,
1: oh, that's nice. You guys are
0: eager and keen and hungry, which is just absolutely awesome. Probably the most important thing, I mean, well, we should probably stop and say it seems like everybody we know has their birthday in September. So happy birthday, everybody who's had a birthday in September. My Instagram feed right now seems to just be birthday. Birthday cakes after birthday. And birthday yeah. invitations. Yeah. So that's awesome. Um, yeah. Very happy returns or whatever the phrase is. But probably the most important thing, more so than AOLI, was new iPhones got released. In fact, Not only did new iPhones get released, but new iPhones were announced and the Apple Apple Watch was
1: announced. Apple Watch! Mummy wants an Apple Watch.
0: Of course, Mummy does. (laughs) You're a good mummy. What was funny about Tuesday was the keynote. And I have varying degrees of success with the, please, everybody, don't tell me anything that's going on because I want to watch it when I get home. And usually I just give up halfway through the day because inevitably somebody's tweeted or texted me something. But this year, I disabled all my notifications. So even if people tried to... I couldn't. I made sure that everybody around me didn't tell me anything. You cheated and looked at the website and I, I dropped hints, which wasn't I helpful. I didn't
1: drop hints. You? I did not drop hints.
0: Did you, or did you not make a joke about the new iPhone, which at that no. point really about the
1: new iPhone? You
0: didn't read out Chris Lock's. That was about post. an
1: Apple Watch, and if you'd looked at the watch, it was a watch from the seventies that he put up on Instagram, it saying, "Look, guys, matter. it's you, the new Apple Watch." You cheated watch. on me. That's you. not cheating. <laughs>
0: I felt betrayed in my heart.
1: Okay, maybe you should go get a (laughs) Sozo.
0: Thank you for your understanding, darling. Your compassion, it overwhelms me. But anyway, we managed to get it through Tuesday, and I was so excited. We came home. We had a bit of a rough time with our kids and schooling, and we got them to bed at 7. We sit down, we fire up the Apple TV, and we're like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Technical delays. I don't think Apple posted their keynote until 8 p.m. at night.
1: I know, you were just about fit to be tied. I
0: was. And but, then, but
1: I got to watch MasterChef. So but we watched good. it. Yeah.
0: And uh, the funny thing about the phones is, I you know, not to not to look down on the genius amount of work that they've put in, but I kind of was like, oh, yeah, that's really awesome. I'm not really in a rush to upgrade, because it's not like my phone is like, oh, my gosh, this different. is slow, or, mm-hmm. oh, my photos aren't very good. My photos are amazing. My videos are amazing. My phone is super fast. So I was like, why would you bother upgrading? Mm-hmm. But well, we upgraded it. Anyway. Oh, we did.
1: <laughs> we'll
0: come to that in a minute. But then the f- the watch thing, well, of course, we're expecting some sort of wearable The watch device. is beautiful. I'm really, I think we're probably just excited because it's something new and something shiny. And
1: I like new and shiny, but I also like watches. <laughs> and I've wanted a watch, and so now I'm ready to hold out for this one.
0: <laughs> the funny thing with the phones, I you know, I'm not an economist by any um, means, but I guess this is the joy of living in an open market where we're currently with AT&T. We both have iPhone 5S. And, you know, to buy these new phones costs an enormous amount of money. They're expensive phones. And, of course, the carriers subsidize them. But we worked out that we could switch to T-Mobile and save money, which is what we did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So we're switching to T-Mobile. Uh, you got the small one, yep. which is dumb because they're both bigger. But right. you got the iPhone 6. Yes. I tried the big one. When I say I tried, I downloaded a PDF, scaled designs, cut it out, stuck it to some cardboard and carried it around with me for a couple of Definitely days to see if I liked I it. I cut it out. You're very yeah. gracious. Whatever. Mm-hmm. And I thought, ah, I'm going to try the big one. If I don't like it, we can swap it in. Can you? I'm sure we can. I'm sure there's like a 14-day exchange. If mm. not, I guess I'm stuck with a humongous phone. Right. In which case, I'll get used to it either way. But we realized, yes, we can switch our carrier. T-Mobile will buy out our carrier contract from AT&T and take our phones off our hands for money. And when all the dust settles, we actually pay a couple of dollars less a month for brand Oop. new iPhones. Come on. Perfect. So even though they want a major jump up for us, of course, they are a major jump up. We we just thought we will not be able to take advantage of this next year. Our phones and, will be worth less money.
1: And why are we going with T-Mobile?
0: Well, that's a very good question because AT&T, of course, has incredible coverage all across the United States. But for the most part, we don't travel across the United States. We stay at home. Right.
1: Or we travel internationally.
0: Or we travel internationally. And so T-Mobile, which I am finding it's hard to believe, give you free data and free text messages in 120 countries.
1: Come on. There it is.
0: And we have a bunch of prophetic words about beginning to travel again. So we thought, well, that's really convenient. And let's face it, even, if, even in our current travel schedule, we go to Canada um, once or twice a year, And we end up uh, paying through the nose for roaming and for texting. Mm -hmm. Whereas this way, it's going to save us some money on that one too. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So I have no idea. I stayed up till 2 a.m. this morning, trying to be there for midnight Pacific time. And Apple servers were down or they were having some sort of problems and T-Mobile wasn't up. So that was a waste of time because I ended up just ordering them when I woke up this morning. So I have no idea if we made the cutoff to get them for next week, but... You can rest assured we will talk about them when they arrive.
1: All right. Oh, yes. Are
0: you ready for a listener's question, baby? Sure. All right. Brina asks this. Lately, I've been desiring spiritual parents, so much so that I asked God for some this year for my birthday. Is your birthday in September? I bet it is. So how do you acquire spiritual parents? I've been told that your mentor will find you, but I've also been told the opposite. Are there some seasons the Lord intends for us to just walk alone?
1: Well, Brina, I, I don't I don't think the Lord ever really wants us to walk alone. Um I've I think I've had seasons where I haven't had an active mentor per se. Um but uh in my experience I guess the Lord has always brought um spiritual parents or uh mentors alongside who also felt the same way about me. Um and so they sort okay. of, their heart was moved towards me to take me on at the same time that I was like, oh, Lord, I'd love them to be those people. Mm-hmm. What about you, baby? We've
0: had a you know a couple of different ways. I, th- I think because we've been mentored and we mentor. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think my hurdle was I obviously really wanted John and Carol to mentor me, but was opposed to the idea of saying, hello, would you like to mentor me? But mostly for fear of being rejected. And I'd heard that, you know, they'd called people out and said, hey, you know, we're going to mentor you. And so anyway, it was all fear on my part. But I had a couple of words from the Lord about like, hey, they're going to be your spiritual parents. And if you'll go and ask them, it will be so. So for me, I took the really unusual characteristic steps of going up and asking them. And Mm -hmm. what do you know, it worked. Mm -hmm. Hey, how about that? The Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. But then, you know, we've also had people, random people, walk up to us and just say, hey, would you, you know, God's told me to be, that you're going to be my spiritual parents. And that's always awkward because it's like, oh,
1: oh, that's awesome.
0: I'm so sorry he hasn't
1: told us 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 that. that."
0: And I'm not sure how that would work because you don't live in the same city as I live in. And then at the same time, I think for most of the time, we've just seen people that we've wanted to quote unquote adopt. Yes, You know, you connect with people, they jump into your heart and you try and make room for them. I think I probably, we're probably the same in this, that we look for favor. So you extend, for us, we extend an invitation, and we see if it's reciprocated. Is there favor on that? People do want it. And is it easy? And if it's, Uh, if those things kind of line up, then we're going for it. Are you okay? You're hanging upside down in your chair.
1: (laughs) Not exactly.
0: Did you see a spider? No. Oh my gosh, there's a spider right there. I'm not even joking. Don't
1: lie. I can tell when you're joking. (laughs) I can tell when you lie.
0: So, Brian's to answer your question, I don't think the Lord ever intends us for us to just walk alone. But what I do know is he's an incredible father, and he would love to father you spectacularly. And then also, I think the whole law of sowing and reaping kicks in. The whole thing of if you want to mentor, then start mentoring. So, you know, maybe start sowing in that area and seeing where that leads you. But then also look around and, and who lights up, who's... Who's somebody that your life, their life, you want to emulate? Um, and then just start asking God for open doors and favor. Love, this week I wanted to teach. No, I didn't want to teach. This oh, week I have been teaching have. about hearing the voice of God. Our very first week on The School Supernatural Life is all about hearing the voice of God. And I thought that would be a fun thing to talk about for this podcast is hearing the voice of God.
1: Okay.
0: I tweeted out something earlier this week that I wish it was mine. I'm not sure if it is mine. I can't remember where I got it. But basically the premise is, if Jesus, as the Son of God, needed to know how to hear God's voice, what makes us think we'll be fine without it? Right. And I think like that because I, I, the culture in which I was raised, spiritual climate and spiritual culture, was that God didn't speak anymore. I mean, of course he spoke through his written word, but the notion that God would speak to you audibly or that God would speak to you personally, or that God would speak in dreams and visions was absurd, or that he would send angels to communicate to you just didn't happen anymore. And that always puzzled me, especially when I'd read Old Testament encounters. You know, you'd read about David going and sitting down before the Lord and just dialoguing with the Lord, and the Lord would speak back to him. And I was, I remember even as a young boy thinking, how 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 does he get to do that under an inferior covenant? But us in a new covenant... A better and every way covenant we don't have that access, mm-hmm. and so I remember just from being about eight years old, always wanting to hear the voice of God mm. and uh so it's always been a passion of mine. What about you? like when do you think you you remember a time when you started hearing the voice of God?
1: Well, it definitely wasn't when I was eight, I was still a heathen when I was eight, I mean, just you know stealing milk and cookies it was bad it was but you really know what bad.
0: repent, walk in the light right now there's <laughs> grace.
1: Um, I don't remember asking to hear the Lord. I remember realizing that I was, okay, if that makes sense. And that was probably more like, um, it was after I realized that I heard from him through dreams and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when the renewal started, I realized, oh, I'm hearing things about other people. Uh, right. I don't know what to do with this, because I remember having to go to Mark DuPont and say, I don't know what to do with, I am he, I hear stuff, and, you know, and he was sort of, and then for a while, uh, there's myself and a girl named Melody that every once in a while we would, you know, prophesy over somebody or, you know, whatever, and then people would start to bug us at church, like, prophesy over me and Mark, so just tell them to read their word, you know, because we were <laughs> like, I don't know Mark. what to tell people, you know. So, um, yeah. Well,
0: let me ask you a question on that. Yeah. Because although this is all under the same umbrella of hearing the voice of God, I hear differently for other people than I hear for myself. Like when I'm having a quiet time yeah. with the Lord, when I just go away to just be with the Lord and ask Him to speak to me, the way I hear Him and how I hear Him is completely different from when I stand up, for example, in front of a group of people and prophesy over some people. Or I, when I'm you know, asked to minister prophetically, I hear God differently. Do you, is that the same for you? I mean, there's um, some crossover, Yeah, when I sure. stand up and
1: prophesy over people, I would say I'm going back and forth between seeing and hearing, seeing and hearing. Like visual and then hearing information, visual and then hearing information. And
0: when you say hearing, what, are you, what do you mean hearing? Because this is a big in, misnomer. In,
1: inside my head.
0: Inside your head, you're inside hearing an head. audible stream.
1: Yes, of sentences sometimes, or or like facts.
0: Okay, so when I am when I am alone with the Lord and I'm in prayer, or I'm reading the Bible and I'm journaling, as in I've got my laptop in front of me and I'm writing out my prayers to the Lord. Saying, you know, Lord, this is what my day was like, and I just love some insight. When I stop, I hear an audible stream,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I just I write down everything I hear. Mm-hmm that is pretty much the only time I ever hear an audible stream. If I'm standing up in front of people or I'm ministering prophetically in prophetic ministry or at church or whatever, for me, the vast majority of it is seeing. Mm. And I may hear snippets of senses, but I never get that audible stream. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And then the content is different.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would say probably, I don't know, 50 to 75% of when I'm prophesying over people in a meeting or something is Me hearing, but I started off just seeing, right? And so now sometimes I get pictures in, and then I just ask the Lord, like, okay, what does that mean? And then I'll hear the answer to that. So, but I I recognize that's different than hearing, like hearing the Lord for yourself. I would say I actually got that skill later than I did learning to hear the prophetic stuff. Learning to hear because
0: you will often you're quite surprised when we'll be. I mean, one of the funny things that we talk about a lot is we'll be driving somewhere and you will deviate from where we're driving. And I'll just look and go, well, where are you going? You're like, Holy Spirit just told me to do, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, nine times out of ten, there was an accident, there was, you know, something, and you totally avoided that. When the Holy Spirit just, you know, so presumably at that point you're driving the car, you're not thinking necessarily about communing with God. He interjects across your consciousness. How does that sound?
1: it just sounds it well it sounds like my own voice but right. it just sounds like turn left right now okay. or you know i'll be driving along and i'll just be you know thinking whatever and it'll be take 27 instead of 427 or whatever like it used to happen a lot in toronto and it it always saved me so much time cuz i would miss all these major right. things yeah um
0: how did you well i don't want to say how did you learn to hear the voice of god because that's a lifelong journey but who are some of the people that taught you, what are some of your influences in the way you learn to hear God's voice?
1: Um, well, to begin with, I would say probably watching people like Mark DuPont and people that could hear clearly made me realize that this is real. So that probably helped me because then I could go, Oh, and, um, and then I remember at one point, um, they, in the, Church in Toronto. Shortly after renewal started, they started doing prophetic training, and Steve Witt used to come up from Cleveland, uh, Bethel Cleveland at the time. I think it was called Metro Church or something. And um, he started doing training, and it, so it was doing those classes where I felt oh so awkward, and the games were all scary and all that kind of stuff. Right. That I realized oh wow, I I really can do this. I really do. Is that where you kind of God. joined
0: the dots? Where you are like oh this is that
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. So it was giving a framework to what you could already do for a lot of it, or did you learn new skills too?
1: I learned some. I learned to be able to do it faster. Right. Because you know everything was like a on. It was a timed thing. Okay. Now you have this person in front of you for 15 seconds. Prophesy. Now you have the next person for 15 seconds. Right. Prophesy. So, you, but you, I learned that I, I, I already knew that I heard. I, I then learned I could hear at will. I could, I could say, okay, Lord. You know, and ask for something about people. Does that make sense?
0: No, it totally makes sense. Um, For me, I remember asking the Lord, I remember being really distraught because I was reading books about people who could hear the voice of God, but I was so frightened of being deceived, partially because of my upbringing. I wasn't even sure, does God even speak today? Mm -hmm. And I remember just that was my prayer, like, Lord, are you even speaking today? Like, is this still available for today? And my reading one day was in Job 33. (laughs) Verse 14, and this is what it says, For God does speak, now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. And I remember reading that thinking, you do speak? It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, how did I miss this? (laughs) And, you know, my second question was, well, God, if you're speaking, how come I can't hear you? And that was the revelation. You are speaking, now one way, now another, though man may not perceive it. And I think at that point I had the revelation, and, and I didn't have the answer. But I thought, God, what if you speak in a way that's different from the way I hear?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that really started piquing my interest. And then, you know, Numbers 12 or 6 talks about how God just loves to speak to his prophets through dreams and visions. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I'm anemic in my understanding of dreams and visions. Huh. And that was probably what directed me to people like John Paul Jackson. And, um, you know, then, of course, I found Mark Verklore when I was wandering around. My real comfort, though, like, so I started all theoretical. I think I settled in my heart that in the Bible it says this is possible. Then went looking for how you make it possible happen. Right. Which is probably the way I'm wired. Right. But I, you know, remember, you know, Jesus would often say, I I do nothing by myself. I only do what I see what my father is doing, Mm -hmm. which I read for years. But if you stop and think that, well, what does that verse mean? Jesus was on earth, the Father was in heaven. How did Jesus see what the Father was doing? And I was like, I don't know, but that's amazing. Or when Jesus says, you know, I don't say anything of my own accord. I only say what I heard my Father tell me, Mm -hmm. John 12. And again, there's this sense that Jesus lived out with a constant revelation of his Father. Mm -hmm. And so if Jesus is the model for us in life, I remember thinking there is a gap. The way Jesus does life and the way I do life are different. Mm-hmm. And I, I just started praying, and I, it was me that—it st- was me. It, I stumbled one day upon Mark Verkler's teaching, mm-hmm. which, of course, we know and we love and we've taught all over the world. But um, if you're listening and you are like, ah, I'm, I would love to learn how to hear the voice of God, if you go, if you just Google Mark Verkler, hearing God's voice, he's got some great resources, um, many of them free on his website, on about how to hear the voice of God. And that's for me was one of the initial frameworks for hearing the voice of God, yeah. and that's primarily how I hear the voice of God. For me, the rest of it was all through prophetic training.
1: Yeah, no, I, w- I and I would say that's that's probably. Um, I, I mean, I heard I hear for myself mostly through journaling, although God still does the weird interrupt me while I'm driving kind of stuff. Right, but, um, which we're all very grateful I th- for. I think. Right. I think it's great too, to, to, do a course like Mark's course or hearing God's voice course, because, um, the boundaries of w- what you're doing and how you're doing it and how do you test a word and how do you know if it's God or if it's you and all that kind of stuff that there's safety in that, in that right. you can, because I, I think quite often I've talked to people they are like, well, God told me to do this and God told me to do that. And, you know, and it, Sometimes it's not scriptural things or it's things that are like, you know, did you get any counsel or wisdom? Well, no, God told me to do it. Well, right. So, so sometimes for some people, they've heard enough people say, God told me this and it hasn't turned out well that they think, oh, God's not actually speaking. Do you know what I mean? Like it it kind of gives the whole thing a bad name. Yeah. Where actually, God absolutely is speaking. And sometimes it's just that. Um, we're, you know, listening through an idol or through a filter or whatever. And so that's why training is a great idea because it helps you uh, really know what you're doing.
0: And that's also why community is so important as well. Yeah. Because, you know, the greatest prophets I know still have difficulty hearing for themselves. Yeah. Daniel could interpret the dreams of others, but he couldn't interpret his own dreams. And so that's why we need other people. So I think you're right, you know, the, the whole art of hearing God is in many ways, from the outside at least, it looks entirely subjective. And that worried me. I was like, God, this seems so flaky. It's so open to misinterpretation. But the more and more I studied scripture and the more and more I studied wisdom, I realized, oh, Holy Spirit, you're so clever. You've put in amazing safeguards Mm -hmm. um, for your people to hear the voice of God. And Jesus, you know, one of my favorite verses, you know, my sheep know me, they know my voice, and they follow me. There's got to be an element that the people who are hearing God's voice are also following God's voice. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I think Mort verkel has got some of just the most amazing material on on hearing God's voice, especially in terms of how to walk it out with wisdom. Um, let me ask you a question. Is what do you do with what you hear? You hear something. What do you do with
1: it? Are we talking during journaling? Yeah, you're just with
0: the Lord, and maybe you feel like the Lord says something to you. What's your first reaction?
1: Well, if it's for me, I just i I probably meditate on it quite a bit, and I ask the Lord about it. Sometimes you know you get timing on stuff, and sometimes you don't. But just sort of, I just try and agree with God. Really, like, okay, Lord, if that's your plan, and whatever, then I agree. I don't try and make it happen. I just agree with God and. And see what God does with it, and uh, if it's if it's huge things, then obviously I'd be talking to you about it, and um, you know Jeff and Becky or John and Carol or whoever you know, like some some people that are in authority in my life, and say, hey, this is what I feel like I'm getting, you know, can you talk to me about that? And if they're getting flags, then I'll be like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, I I probably process it on my own first, then with you, then you know, external.
0: That whole in the multitude of counselors, their safety. That whole what? thing of, you know, you you farm it out before you, you do anything with it. What about you? Mm, same thing, you know, I let it percolate in my heart. And I, I think with practice, I'm not saying with practice, you don't need to discern it. Like weighing prophetic words is one of the greatest responsibilities in New Testament church. But for sure, you know, when you begin walking with the Lord consistently and listening for his voice, you build up a rapport, you build up a, a sense of who he is and what he's like. And, of course, all the revelation you're receiving gets weighed against Scripture. That's your benchmark for not going awry. But, you know, most of our big decisions that we're praying about, we're asking the Lord for, we're not just relying on what we hear from God. We're relying on input from friends and from family and, you know, wise counsel. We're asking for confirmation and for revelation. And um, I would say that hearing the voice of God coupled with the revelation of the Father heart are the two things that have probably changed my life the most. Mm -hmm. And I would say somebody who was incredibly skeptical that you could hear God's voice, but at the same time, my skepticism was matched with hunger to hear God's voice. If it was real, it thrills me to think I'm now at the place where I hear God's voice as often as I choose to listen. Right. I know that, you know, in James it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I know that if I will just set aside time and go and be with God and, and, Speak to him. He will speak to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And the promise and the ability for that is not any gifting that I have. It's just a promise.
1: Because you're a child of God. Because you're a child of God. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think it's sad that there are so many Christians out there that don't even know that's available and don't know that's a reality, which is why we love Mark's teaching. And it's the teaching we did this week at the school. Yeah. And I just love that there's now a whole bunch more students who have been trained how to hear God's voice. And they were amazing. I think it's amazing. Within... An hour and a half, two hours, they can all hear God's voice.
1: It's amazing. In four
0: it? simple steps. I absolutely love it.
1: Yeah, it's, it's also like when you think about it, it when you can hear God's voice, you're, you're no longer alone. You know what I mean? You can mm-hmm. know theologically I'm not alone. But when you can hear him, you know that you know that you're not alone. You know, it's different.
0: Absolutely. Um, I have a couple of closing thoughts for you as we wrap this thing up. Okay. Is the uh, fourth movie... Um, What's the guy's name? Darren Wilson I want to say Darren Wilson The guy did the Finger of God mm-hmm. And did the Father of Lights yeah. videos And whatever the other one was called It's got a new movie called Holy Spirit Yep Being premiered on the 20th Or premiered for my uh, European listeners uh, On the 20th of this month At Rocket Town in Nashville Grace Center is uh, the host church for that We're going to be there um, if for information about how to do that If you visit our website We'll put a link in the show notes uh, On how to find more information about that But that's going to be an amazing movie to go to If you're hungry for more of God Hungry for more of the Holy Spirit I really encourage you to go to that um, you're, If you live in Nashville Then congratulations Starting October 26th 23rd to 26th I beg your pardon, We have a Heaven Declares conference With John Paul Jackson Who is an amazing prophet Amazing, yeah Bobby Connor, who's also an amazing prophet, and R.T. Kendall, who is an amazing theologian, someone who loves Jesus and loves the prophetic. He's
1: probably the funniest theologian I've ever met.
0: (laughs) I'm not sure they're known for their sense of humor, are they? But he is. R.T.
1: is. He's hysterical.
0: Well, actually, Louise is the person that's hysterical. Yes, Louise is awesome. Yeah, Louise's wife is amazing. But anyway, these three gentlemen are going to be our church doing a prophetic conference. If you are hungry to learn more about how you hear the voice of God, then I highly encourage you to check out more resources. Again, there'll be a link to that in the show notes. And also come to this prophetic conference. We'd love to help you grow in your walk with God. And these guys have got amazing resources.
1: So will we put a link to the registration for the conference? We will. All right. Yep. A link to cool. registration.
0: And if you have any questions about hearing the voice of God you want to ask us, again, go to alanaj.com slash ask, and we'd be delighted to try and answer your questions.
1: Very cool. All right. Well, sir, it's time to meet the bus.
0: I'm thinking of next week miming my portion of the podcast. Oh,
1: well, that would be very interesting slash Look, boring for everybody else listening. That's remarkable. Did you see How it? do you do that? Was that was
0: incredible. All right, people, you beautiful people, <laughs> having an amazing week.
1: Bye. Having an amazing week? Oh, Have dear. an amazing week. Get some coffee. Okay.